31 Tales presents Tales from the Rift. Hello and welcome back. Another episode, three weeks in a row. What's going on? I had a couple of comments on the last episode, which is great and is the most feedback I've had since an email earlier this year from superfan Teo. Shout out to Teo, hope you're doing well and enjoying the Fortnite-themed stories. Peace, who commented last time, has challenged me to write a Halo-inspired story. Peace, challenge accepted. Give me a few weeks, but I think I can come up with something. I also heard from Holly this week, who said she's a big fan of the show and is soon turning 11. It's really helpful to know how old you guys are, especially those listening from the start who might be getting a little older now, so I might need to start upping the scare factor. Thank you to everyone who's taken the time to comment or review. You really do make it all worthwhile and help encourage me to keep writing. For anyone listening who thinks their thoughts or opinions aren't important, you can absolutely make someone's day by telling them how much you enjoy what they do. Every one of you has valid thoughts and opinions and the power to make others feel good about themselves. I'm also going to be throwing some bonus episodes in this season so they won't all be gaming related and I think I've got a few ideas for how we can make season 3 a little darker. Today's unofficial tale is based on the game Baldi's Basics and does feature voice recordings from the game which some may find creepy. Math Tuition Dad pulled up outside of a grey, one-storey building. He didn't even turn the engine off, just frowned at me through tinted glasses, with his hand still on the wheel as if in a hurry to leave. Dad, it's the holidays. I don't see why I need to do this. You know why. Your mother and I told you. What would happen if your grades didn't pick up? Well, here you are, buddy. Time to study. But, Dad. No buts. Look, when I was your age, I needed a tutor too. But you know what? A few weeks with Baldy, and I never had any trouble with math again. It did a lot for my confidence, and now look at me. I'm an accountant. I sighed in defeat. Well, are you at least going to take me in? I've never been here before. Dad grew very quiet then. He ducked his head to get a better view of the dull-looking schoolhouse. His grip on the wheel tightened, turning his knuckles white, and I watched as a bead of sweat ran under the arm of his glasses and down his cheek. Just as I thought, perhaps he was changing his mind about the whole thing. He began mumbling to himself, but I couldn't hear what he was saying over the noise of the engine. Finally, without taking his eyes off the harmless-looking building, he spoke up. Ah, I can't go back in there. Not, not again, but you'll be okay. You'll see. No buts, Dad, remember? He rolled his eyes and nodded to the door. Reluctantly, I got out of the car. Before I could take one step toward the schoolhouse... I heard the squeal of tyres behind me as he sped off into the distance, leaving a trail of dust behind. The bright yellow double doors clanked open, loudly echoing inside the narrow grey halls which were plain and undecorated. 
They could be the corridors of a school, or just as easily a hospital, or a prison. The only real giveaway were the neat, orderly rows of red lockers spaced out here and there. I needed to find my classroom, but ahead of me there were three ways I could go. Left, dead ahead, or right. In the hallway ahead of me I spotted a list of the school's rules stuck to the wall. It said, School rules when you follow the school rules. No running, no entering faculty, no eating, no drinking, no escaping detention, no fourth wall breaks. When I looked up from the poster, there was now a figure at the end of the hall who hadn't been there before. From where I stood I could see that he had one leg bent and his arms in the air as if he was running, and yet he was completely still. I stopped where I was, unsure if the figure was getting ready to sprint toward me. His body was large and orange, taking up most of the corridor. His arms and legs were thin and blue and looked as though he had no fingers or toes, only round, ball hands and feet. I couldn't tell if his head was turned to the side, but the shape of it seemed off, like pointy one way and round the other. From here it kind of looked distorted. Seeing that the figure had not moved, I slowly resumed my walk down the corridor toward him. I hoped my classroom would be somewhere up ahead, between me and the strange statue-like figure, so that I wouldn't have to squeeze past him. There was only one door between us. A red one with no window. The closer I got, the more I could make out the figure's face and the stranger it became. He had small black eyes, both of which were staring at me. The left side of his face was squished into a point, like a triangle, while the right side was blobby and round. His features, including his hair, were blurry and distorted, and the further I got, the more I couldn't help but stare. The red door was coming closer and closer, and I could almost make out the little sign on the front of it. The figure was not much further, still blocking the end of the corridor, before it turned off to the right. As I reached the door I grabbed the handle, while trying to keep an eye on the figure, whose face was still a strange blur. I turned the doorknob but froze on the spot, as I realised this wasn't my classroom. The sign on the front said school faculty only. If I went inside I would be breaking one of the school rules. But, if I carried on, I'd have to face that other person at the end of the corridor. Not knowing what to do, I stood glued to the spot, the door handle still in my sweaty grasp. If anyone came round the corner now, or worse, tried to open the door from the other side, I'd be caught. At any moment, a teacher or even the principal could find me like this. I let go of the door and quickly backed away. I looked up into the distorted face of the figure, and into those tiny black eyes. His round, bulbous nose was squished toward the pointy side of his face, and his mouth hung open beneath. He remained in that statue pose of a runner, fingerless ball hands sticking out in both directions. I looked past him and took a step forward. In a flash he was standing directly in front of me, though his arms and legs hadn't moved. 
He towered above me, so I stared into his hulking orange body, and with his arms outstretched, he filled the corridor so there was no way I could get by. Give me something great. He said, the last word echoing all around me. This must be the school bully, I thought. With nothing to give, I just stared up at his blank expression. What? No items. No items. No path. I couldn't get around him, and he wasn't going to move, so I slowly backed away, thinking I'd have to find another way to my classroom. I circled back the way I had come, back through the lobby, and took the left hallway this time. I opened the first blue door I came to, and was relieved to see rows of school desks. At the front of the class stood a tall, slender man in a green jumper and blue trousers. He had a very round head with only one hair at the front and bright red lips. Oh, hi. Welcome to my schoolhouse, he said, waving one arm in the air. As I took a desk at the front next to the only other student, I noticed a message scrawled across the chalkboard. It said, math equals more math, more math, more math, more math which just repeated in large looping writing to the edge of the board. The boy next to me looked nervous and wide-eyed. Now it's time for everybody's favourite subject, math. Answer the three questions correctly and you might get something special. Just type the correct answer into the empty box. Press the enter key on your keyboard when you think you have the right answer. I picked up the tablet in front of me. The first question was 3 plus 8, the next 0 minus 5, and the last 2 minus 4. Each time we got an answer right, Baldy said, You're doing fantastic. When we finished all three, he said, You did great. Come here and get your prize. A shiny quarter. After he gave us both a quarter, we had to go back to the tablets and do the test again. The first two questions were easy like before, but the third was unreadable. It had numbers over numbers in a long jumbled line like a black ink stain. Between some of the numbers were dots and brackets and plus and minus signs. Even if I could read the numbers, the question looked very complicated. I looked to the other student to see if this was the same and found him staring at his tablet in that same wide-eyed expression as before. Finding no help there, I just entered any old number. But then a strange message appeared on the tablet, all in capitals. I hear every door you open. Baldy's bright red lips fell into a deep frown. His eyebrows dipped angrily in the middle. He slapped a ruler into the palm of his hand. With every crack of the ruler, he got a little closer. I didn't know what was happening, but the other student made a run for it, so I followed close behind. We burst through the blue door and out into the hall. Behind me, I could hear the crack of the ruler. We headed for the main doors, but as we rounded the corner, we ran straight into the principal. He had one arm up, pointing a finger in the air. His eyes were narrowed and his mouth was open, as if he was shouting. 
We could hear him speak, but his face didn't change. No running in the halls. 15 seconds. Detention for you. You should know better. He took us to another classroom with pictures and writing on the wall. I couldn't make any of them out, as we had to stay in the class for 15 seconds, and the whole time I could hear the crack of the ruler getting closer and closer out in the hall. We'd barely made it to five seconds when the door swung open. Baldy filled the doorway, the same angry frown on his face, the ruler slapping into his palm. He took us back to his classroom, where we were made to repeat the test over and over. Every time the same unreadable question came up, and for each incorrect answer, a new message appeared on the tablet. I get angrier for every problem you get wrong. It was like a nightmare I couldn't wake up from. Eventually, we were dismissed for break time. We headed back to the main yellow double doors of freedom, but the school bully stood blocking the way. How will we get past him? the terrified student asked. I remembered what he had said to me before. Give me something great. Come on, I said, we need to find something to give him. I led him to the third corridor I hadn't been down yet. Here there was a large blue vending machine. I still had the quarter Baldy had given me. Perhaps I could buy the school bully something and he would let us pass. Just as I was about to fit the coin into the slot, a small girl came out of nowhere. Like the bully, she had small black eyes. Her hair was messy black squiggles and she held a jump rope in both hands. She called out. With that, she swung the jumping rope over my head. I quickly jumped as a rope tapped against the floor beneath my feet. The creepy girl counted in her creepy voice for every jump I got right. One, two, three, four. If I didn't keep jumping, the rope would hit me and I didn't know what the girl would do if I failed a jump. When I got to four, she said... By the time we finished playing jump rope, break time was over and I hadn't managed to get a thing from the vending machine. Let's play again. Said the girl creepily as she retreated down the hall backwards. Back in class, the tests began again. With each crack of the ruler, the boy winced and jumped with fright until he could take no more. As Baldy came ever closer to our desks, he jumped out of his seat and sprinted for the door, with an angry Baldy chasing behind. Taking the opportunity, I crept out of the class and headed for the vending machine. I looked at the selection of snacks and drinks, wondering what would be best, as I heard oncoming footsteps. Down the hallway, the boy was running towards me. Hurry, he called. I inserted the coin into the slot and selected a bee soda. I crouched and put my hand in, waiting for the can to drop. The boy was looking behind him now at something at the end of the hall. From my position close to the floor, it looked like a large broom with a long green handle and it was standing up by itself. The bristles reached as wide as the corridor and I thought I heard it speak. 
Looks like it's sweeping time. Looks like it's sweeping time. The boy pumped his arms and legs even faster in my direction. I heard the click of the can dropping and fished around for it. Then I was back on my feet and making for the reception area. Gotta sweep, sweep, sweep! Gotta sweep, sweep, sweep! As I turned the corridor to the school entrance, I heard the boy scream over my shoulder. But when I spun to look, he was gone. So too was the broom. As before, the bully continued to block the double yellow doors. On the opposite side of the reception area stood Baldy, a deep frown on his face, angry downward tilting eyebrows and a ruler that slapped angrily into his palm. I rushed over to the school bully, keeping an eye on Baldy as he moved closer and closer with each tap. I handed over the bee soda. I'll take that. It's mine now. Then he moved aside. Pushing through the double yellow doors, I tasted freedom in the air as the ruler clacked behind me. Sitting on the steps, shaking with adrenaline, while waiting for my dad to pick me up, I couldn't believe I'd made it out alive. What kind of school was this? What was wrong with the people inside? They looked like a child's drawings come to life. When my dad arrived, he found me on the curb, reciting my times tables. What are you doing? he asked. I'm putting in the work, so I won't need any more extra tuition. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Please leave a review or get in touch with me at johnablewriter at gmail.com.